Thank you all. Was that the wonder of wonders? I'm going to borrow your sheet music for a second. Have y'all ever heard that song before, The Wonder of Wonders? This is a song that a friend of ours introduced us to uh, and the, the quartet that I sing with. Listen to these words, all right? Um, the wonder of wonders as she looked on his face that this little boy spoke the worlds in their place. The stars and the moon shining brightly on them. The earth and the sun were created by Him. The wonder of wonders as she heard His small cry that this voice had thundered on Mount Sinai. The hand that she held and so tenderly cared had made a dry path through the mighty Red Sea. The wonder of wonders as she looked down and smiled that he was her maker as well as her child. He created the womb that had given him birth. He was God incarnate come down to the earth. The wonder of wonders as the Father looked on in eternity past, this was his son, had sent him to die on Calvary's tree. And that, and that is the wonder of wonders to me. This is the chorus. The wonder of wonders, oh how could it be? That God became flesh and was given for me. The Almighty came down and dwelt among men. The wonder of wonders, He died for my sin. Thank you. There is some deep theology there and a lot to chew on. Uh, The wonder of wonders that God incarnate would come down for you and for me. Glory, hallelujah. That's our God. Full of love and mercy. Full of grace and forgiveness full of power and all authority. He came down to save me. He came down and showed, revealed the Father to all of us that we may be saved and spend eternity with Him in glory. That's our God. Uh, Thank you for allowing me to be here this morning. Uh, Brother Wayne, you, you prayed in your prayer. I am. Moses asked and said, who do I say sent me? He says, I am sent you. Well, I'm here because I am sent me today. And, uh, and I'm, I'm thankful to be here. Um, my name is Raylan Trisler, And uh, I grew up in Start, Louisiana. Matter of fact, I just tell folks I'm a redneck from Start, Louisiana. All right? But I'm going to share some, some things about my life with you this morning. Uh, 
But I want you to understand, this is God's story through me. It's, it's not my story, it's His story. All right. One quick announcement. Uh, you might say, why has that old boy got a big old long beard on? I don't know, normally have it this long. But uh, for two reasons, it's, uh, it's uh, Christmas time. So if Santa needs some help, I'm ready. Okay. Uh, but also, we have a cantata slash drama uh, that is going to be uh, put on at the Rabel Arts Center next Saturday at 6 o'clock and Sunday at 5 o'clock. And I don't, not all churches are able to come on Sunday night, but if you can, you can come Saturday night. And it is A Savior for All is the title of the uh, drama. And uh, like I said, it's, it's kind of a, a musical, but it also has uh, uh, scenes showing young Mary and then uh, uh, young Mary as a child and then Mary as then eventually the mother of Jesus and then kind of narrated by older Mary telling the story, telling the gospel story. So you're invited. Uh, invite your friends. Uh, y'all come on and we're going to have a good time. But I'm playing a part of an old Jewish man in uh, in the drama. So it comes in handy, all right? Uh, all right. Let's see, do we have a clock? How much time I got? <laughs> All right, I'll try, to, I'll try to stay on time here. I'm going to ask you to turn in your copy of God's Word to the book of Acts, chapter 26. I have been inspired over and over and over and over through the book of Acts. As you turn there, um, what we're going to be looking at is the at least the third time through the book of Acts where the Apostle Paul is documented as him giving his testimony. All right? Uh, now, this is a strange situation where he's giving his testimony, but he's proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ by sharing his testimony. Now, I'm going to ask two questions. And I don't necessarily want you to raise your hand or shout out an answer, but I want you to contemplate this. Number one, have you ever written down or uh, made it a point to memorize in a logical, um, consistent way your testimony? Number two, have you ever shared your testimony? Okay, so you don't have to shout out an answer. But I want to encourage you, if you have not, uh, I, I want to encourage you to write out your testimony um, and, 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 and remember, ask the Spirit of God to remind you where you were before you met Christ, who you were, how you were, how you reacted to things, people, places, things before Christ. Remember, we need to recall when we came to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. We need to, you know, you can put down the facts, obviously, where you were, maybe who was preaching, song sung. Uh, it may not even been in church. Maybe it was in a restaurant, a friend sharing with you uh, the gospel. 
face to face. Uh, or it could have just been the convicting power of the Holy Spirit and the situation you were in. And he said, Lord, i got to have you. I'm not going another step without you. And then your life after Christ, after coming to know Him as Savior and Lord. All right? My life before Christ, when I met Christ, my life after Christ. Uh, basically, uh, if you're going to write a letter, you got a beginning, a middle, and an end. All right? And now this side over here, it can, it can be pretty intensive. It can be expansive. My life before Christ. Um, but this side over here, it, it, it needs to be, it needs to grow. Okay? Because my testimony is not over yet. God still has me here. Alright? My, my testimony is still growing on this side of grace. Amen? So, let me start with that. Encourage you. Start with a pencil and at least one piece of paper. And then let God direct you. Let me say this. People will argue with you about Scripture. They'll argue with you about the origin of the book. And that it's been translated and it's been handed down. And mankind has, you know, messed it all up. And I said, no, we serve a sovereign God. He can use man. He can use a donkey if he wants to to proclaim his word. Um, but they can't argue with you about your testimony because they haven't walked a mile in your shoes. All right? Your testimony is a powerful instrument that God has given each one of us who is born again in order to share the good news. It's a, it's a tool that we have that can unlock that conversation with a friend, with a neighbor, uh, with someone that you just become acquainted with. And then go from there and let God guide you and direct you in sharing your testimony. Acts chapter 26. Let's start in verse 1. And uh, I'm going to ask you to stand in honor of reading God's Word. And we're going to go... Uh, 23, 1 through 23, let's do that. Paul has been falsely imprisoned uh, for at least two years now at this point in time when uh, he gets the opportunity to stand in this uh, amphitheater. Uh, they say uh, that it was probably took place there along uh, Caesarea Maritima, right on the, uh, right on the Mediterranean Sea. And uh, he's standing there in chains, and they have all these officiants and uh, pomp and celebration going on. And so here he comes. Then King Agrippa said to Paul, You are permitted to speak for yourself. So Paul stretched out his hand, and he answered for himself. I think myself happy, King Agrippa, because today I shall answer for myself before you concerning all things of which I am accused by the Jews especially because you are expert in all customs and questions which have to do with the Jews. Therefore, I beg you to hear me patiently. My manner of life from my youth, which was spent from the beginning among my own nation at Jerusalem, 
all the Jews know. They knew me from the first, if they were willing to testify, that according to the strictest sect of our religion, I lived a Pharisee. And now I stand and, ju- and am judged for the hope of the promise made to God, uh, made by God to our fathers. To this promise, our twelve tribes, earnestly serving God night and day, hope to attain. For this hope's sake, King Agrippa, I am accused by the Jews. Why should it be thought incredible by you that God raises the dead? Indeed, I myself thought I must do many things contrary to the name of Jesus of Nazareth. This I also did in Jerusalem, and many of the saints I shut up in prison, having received authority from the chief priest, and when they were put to death, I cast my vote against them. And I punished them often in every synagogue and compelled them to blaspheme. And being exceedingly enraged against them, I persecuted them even to foreign cities. While thus occupied, I journeyed to Damascus with authority and commission from the chief priest. At midday, O king, along the road I saw a light. And that light was from heaven and it was brighter than the sun, shining around me and those who journeyed with me. And when we all had fallen to the ground, I heard a voice speaking to me and saying in the Hebrew language, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It is hard for you to kick against the goads. So I said, who are you, Lord? He said to me, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But rise, stand on your feet. For I have appeared to you for this purpose, to make you a minister and a witness both of the things which you have seen and of the things which I will reveal to you. I will deliver you from the Jewish people as well as from the Gentiles to whom I now send you, to open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to the power of God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith in me. Therefore, King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision, but declared first to those in Damascus and in Jerusalem and in throughout all the region of Judea and then to the Gentiles that they should repent, turn to God, and then do works befitting repentance. For these reasons, the Jews seized me in the temple and tried to kill me. Therefore, having obtained help from God to this day, I stand, witnessing both the small and great, saying no other things than those which the prophets and Moses said would come, that the Christ would suffer, that he would be the first to rise from the dead and would proclaim light to the Jewish people and to the Gentiles. Let's pray. Holy God, we do thank you for this day. God, this is a Sabbath day, a day that you have made, and you've told us in your word that we're to remember the Sabbath and to keep it holy. So, Father, I thank you for my brothers and sisters that are here this morning. And we come and we gather to worship you. God, to 
study your word and let your word study us and draw us closer to you. So, Father God, have your way and your will at this time. And, Lord, guard my mind and my mouth. And, Father, only that which you have preordained shall be spoken today. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Paul gives his testimony here in some strange circumstances. A prisoner, falsely accused, falsely imprisoned, falsely held even this day. But he uses this strange term. He says, King Agrippa, I think myself happy. Man, that was a strange way to start out. But he was happy. He was glad. He was um, full of joy. The joy of the Lord. One more time, one more opportunity to declare before, if you will, a congregation of people the goodness of Almighty God. And so I, I look at this, and I know it's, a, it's his defense, if you will, but much more than that, it is a declaration of the good news of Jesus Christ. And he didn't miss an opportunity. The Apostle Paul, uh, I think myself happy. You know, we can think ourselves mad. We can think ourselves into a depression. We can think ourselves uh, upset. We can think ourselves sideways on different issues, but why not think ourselves happy? You know, it's usually a whole lot better than the alternative. Uh, but the Apostle Paul stood firm, stood, stood boldly, uh, chains on him. And he gave his testimony. Like I said, we have at least three times recorded in the book of Acts about Paul sharing his testimony. Uh, I dare say that he shared it a lot more often than that. The different towns and cities and communities he went to to uh, uh, to introduce him himself. Uh, and, you know, what's this guy doing here? Why did he just walk into town yesterday? Who, uh, who's this entourage with him? You know, and uh, and so he gives testimony. So again, he explained very clearly his life before Christ. All right, uh, myself, I grew up and uh, was born in Monroe. Lived there until I was about five, six. My dad, electrician, uh, he grew up in Start. He wanted to get back to Start, so he bought four acres uh, there in, in in downtown Start. Built us a house, and so that's where I grew up. Uh, myself, mom, dad, my older sister, we went to church at Start Baptist Church. That was my dad's home church. He grew up there. Uh, matter of fact, the wood that was on the house that Papa built came from the old, old Start Baptist Church. Uh, when they took it apart and then built a new one across the road, uh, so my daddy had roots <laughs> there at Stark Baptist. And um, at that time, I was around eight years old. And Brother Billy Carter was our pastor. He was there for a little over two years. And I can remember him preaching a sermon about the second coming of Christ and how uh, 
the, the, the born again, the children of God, will be caught up to be with the Lord forever, but there were going to be people left behind. And, and in my young mind, I kind of processed that like this. I thought, and I'm sitting here beside my dad and my mom, my sister, and I said, well, uh, I'm pretty sure my daddy's saved, you know, and my mama's saved, and uh, they're going to be gone. I said, my sister, well, I'm not really sure about her, uh, but I know about me. I, I knew I wasn't saved. And so that's how God got my attention, I guess you could say. He started dealing with my young heart. And um, and so it was a week or so went by, and I kept thinking, I need to do something. I feel like I, I need to do something. But I didn't have a clue what. And so I shared that with Mom one Sunday night. And thank God Mama knows. You know? Mama knows. She knew what was happening. She sat me down on the bed one night, opened up the Bible and the Scriptures, basically the Roman road, and she shared with me about all of us being sinners. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Uh, Romans 3.23 There's none righteous, no, not one. Mom shared with me that God loves me. God loves us all. That God demonstrates His love towards us in that while we were yet sinners... Christ died for our sins. All right? And so she told me, she says, if you want to be saved, you feel like God's speaking to you, and you want to give your heart, give your life to the Lord, next Sunday morning, uh, when they give that invitation time, says, you go down there and you see uh, Brother Carter, you talk to him. So I did. And uh, I can't remember what he preached that day. All I was, I was ready to get out. We sat right over in this area. And I want to get out there and get down that aisle. Scared to death. Just a little old skinny runt. And uh, But Brother Billy, big, tall, dark-headed man, he got down on one knee. Got down there eyeball to eyeball with me. He said, what you want, son? I said, I want to be saved. So he did. He led me through the sinner's prayer. Now, church, this is my testimony, all right? I'm going to tell you. I know without a doubt God saved me that day. I know it. I know it. And He sealed me with His Spirit that day. He claimed me as His child, and I'm still His child. Praise God. Our God is a loving, merciful, forgiving Savior of a God. And He wants us to, to save us. He wants to to. Have us come to him. He said, Jesus said, You got to be like one of these children here. You better come humbly before me, and I'll receive you. Not long after I got saved, I can remember another day very clearly. Um, a bright, sunshiny day. My dad set us down there in the living room, and uh, my sister and I. And he said something like this. He said, your mom and I are having problems. We're arguing a lot. Well, we already knew that because we could hear a lot of arguing. And he said, uh, we're, we're not going to live together anymore. He said, uh, your mom and I are going to get a divorce. I'm going to move out. Y'all going to stay here. So, circumstances way beyond my control. 
Uh, best description I can give you is is this that uh, you know we we had the the nice house and uh, going to school, going to church, uh, going to you know Bible study and Wednesday night services. But everything that was good and and safe in my life was gone about that quick. I just didn't know it at the time. But mom uh, and dad divorced. My dad moved out. My sister and I stayed there in the house uh, with my mom. She had to get another job to start paying for things and trying to keep on top of the finances. And uh, long story short, uh, my dad, he strayed from the Lord. He strayed hard and fast in the wrong direction. He went and did his thing. My mom, when she wasn't working, uh, she she strayed from the Lord. All right? She went and did her thing. My sister and I, we were kind of left to do our thing. In my teenage years, most of my teenage years, um, I was I was in a youth group, but it was the wrong group. All right, I wasn't in church. Uh, if my grandmother could get a hold to me, she'd take me to church. Or my Aunt Faye lived across the road. She'd try to make sure I made it to vacation Bible school and different things. But uh, the older I got, the farther and the faster I ran away from God and His plan for my life. I, I, I liken it to this, that... The Lord comes into our heart and He cleanses our hearts. Okay? But when we don't seek Him and continue to walk in His ways, we start cluttering up our lives again with ungodly things. Uh, we, 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 we feel that convicting power of the Holy Spirit but we we kind of just push him back, try to hold him at bay, and say, I'm going to do what I want to do, no matter what you say. But eventually there comes a point in time mm, where the Holy Spirit rises up and brings that conviction again. And I tell folks it's like having heart surgery with a dull spoon. It hurts. But Scripture says there may be weeping for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Hallelujah. I mean, when we turn to Him, God never moved. I moved. I, I left my God. I, I took the precious gift of the salvation of Jesus Christ and I wasted it on prodigal living, if you will. But my God, as, as one of those words in Scripture that describes Him, He is long-suffering. And I tell you what, that's not a word I have used probably ever outside of Scripture. But thank God, He is long-suffering. And, and, and that He waits patiently. He, he draws us as He can and He woos us back into this close personal relationship with Him. Because... One of his characteristics is he's long-suffering, merciful, and kind. Now, uh, I was telling Miss Lynn, 
16 years old, my junior year, my wife's senior year. God put a godly woman in my life when I was not looking for one. All right? We started dating, and her name's Kim Brown Trisler. And uh, back then, we, we had one class together. I went to Redfield Academy over there. Don't throw no rocks at me now. But uh, I asked her out on a date, and we started dating. And before long, she asked me, you know, uh, would you like to come to church with me? I was like, yeah, man, yeah, I can do church. I know all about church. If you want me to be in church, I'll be there. That'll make her happy. It makes me happy. We'll be happy, you know. And uh, so I started going to church with her, First Baptist there in Rabel. And, uh, and what I did not expect or anticipate was sitting there in that pew and the man of God opening up the word of God proclaiming that word and that spirit that I had shoved way back deep in my heart come roaring out of there. Mmm, glory. Stirring. And I was like, whoa, where did this come from? What's going on? I, I'm, I'm coming under conviction because of the way I've been living. God's process, just like He changed and turned around old Saul, Saul was headed this direction. God said, no, son, I need you going in this direction. Saul was doing these things. He said, Paul, I need you to do this thing. I need you to go to the Gentiles, proclaim the good news to them. So God started dealing with me, and and I started repenting. Okay? Let me say it this way. Salvation is one and done. I believe it with all my heart. You're a child of God. God loves you. He, he woos you into His family. You're His child. Scripture says you must be born again. Amen? Oh, God. Can I preach for a minute? Mm. Born again. There is a certificate over in the bowels of St. Francis Hospital down deep in the records there that on March 13, 1964, I was born. All right? And they got my little footprints on it. Back then they do your feet. All right? I got a copy of it in the safe at the house. But there's a record, there's a declaration that at a point in time I was born. Right? You can't be unborn once you're born. Are you with me? Now, had I died five minutes later, there would have been another certificate issued a certificate of death. So I was born, but then I died. Okay? Make sense? I'm still here. I'm still alive. Uh, one day they may plant me in that old gumbo mud over in Richland Parish. That'd be just fine because I'm going to be absent from this body and I'll be present with the Lord. But... Jesus told Nicodemus that that night, he said, Nicodemus, these things I'm telling you, you you ought to know these things. You must be born again. Well, how is that going to happen? He's thinking in the flesh. Jesus said, no, what I'm talking about is spiritual. And once I am born again, spiritually, I'll never die. 
is written in the Lamb's book of life. Forever. However wide, big, long you can call that. I'm His and I'm His forevermore. I'm His witness, a good one or a bad one. But I'm His. And I'll say this, you are too. If you're a child of God, you're either going to be a good witness or a bad witness. That's a whole other message. But you're His. You're going to either represent Him well or misrepresent Him well. But you're His. And we are the witnesses that go out and declare to others the goodness of God. Our lives, our actions, our words. Right, wrong, good or bad. We're it. And He has chosen us. We're a chosen nation. A priesthood, a holy priesthood. Set aside, set apart from the things of this world to do His work and to tell others that they too can have forgiveness of sin. All their sin. That they too can have an eternity in heaven with our Heavenly Father. What a mission. What a mission. He talked about missions. You got a missionary coming from the Philippines. Y'all need to be here that night. And you need to celebrate what God is doing with him, through him, through that ministry. You're supporting it financially, prayerfully. Celebrate. Amen? I mean, praise God. God's going to give us an account one day. All right? And you're going to see the fruit, the full basket of fruit, all those souls impacted by the ministry of your giving and praying and supporting that ministry in the Philippines, as well as right here, right at home. All right? I want to have a full basket. How about you? All right? Much fruit. Produce much fruit. That fruit, by the way, we're not talking about a fruit basket of apples and oranges. We're talking about souls, men and women, boys and girls, coming to Jesus as Savior and Lord. Let me wrap up kind of this way. My life after Christ. Or further further down the road, I guess you could say. Uh, somewhere in my 30s, around 31, 32 the Lord started really stirring in me. Um, that stirring of the Spirit, like it, it got amped up about a hundredfold. And uh, I remember Miss Toot Bolton making an announcement one Sunday morning that they were going to have a Bible uh, discipleship class. And uh, it was going to be on Wednesday nights. So anybody want to sign up, just sign up. And they're going to get you a book, study book. And um, So I can remember sitting in the pew there and, and getting stirred. I said, okay, son, you've, uh, you've warmed the pew long enough. Let's get up and let's get going. And that, that, that discipleship class was called Experiencing God uh, by Henry Blackaby and his son Richard. All right? Yeah, several of y'all have, have done that study. Uh, if you haven't done it lately, I would recommend uh, y'all get it together again. Um, that study was, was, it addressed issues that I was either too stupid or too scared to ask. But it did it in such a gentle, wonderful, 
simple way, it, it, it spoke to me. And, and, and God stirred in me. Uh, one of the last lessons that, um, that was in my workbook, I, I hadn't seen one of the new workbooks. You actually had to do homework. All right? Five days a week. All right? And uh, it asked, what do you feel like God is leading you to do now? In other words, we, we're, we're encouraged to join God in the work that He is doing. We have a crisis of belief. Am I going to do it? Am I not? Am I going to be obedient and surrender? And y'all know what this is, a universal sign of surrender. All right, here I am, Lord. Have your way. Am I going to take that next step of faith and trust Him? Uh, well, what came to my mind, what the Spirit l- led me to, was the Gideon ministry. And uh, a couple of men in our church, Brother Mac McConathy, uh, I think he was a superintendent of schools down here at one time, wasn't he? All right, Mac McConathy sat two rows ahead of me. He was in the Gideons. And a friend of mine, Wayne McManus, was in the Gideon ministry. And so uh, I asked Brother Mac that Sunday morning. I said, Brother Mac, I don't know anything about the Gideon ministry other than some old man comes around once a year and asks for money to buy Bibles. That's about all I know. I said, but what do y'all do uh, other than that? He said, I'll tell you what. You come with me next Sunday morning. We're going to meet at the Salja Bar restaurant in Delhi, And uh, we're going to have uh, breakfast there. We're going to have Bible study there. We're going to have prayer there. And then we'll all leave and go to our respective churches. So, yes, sir. So I did. And um, long story short, I was in the Gideon ministry for six years. Now, I will tell you this. I have not been to seminary school. But I have been to the Salja Bar restaurant <laughs> Almost every Sunday for six years with a group of old men who love God and love His Word. And they instilled that in me. Alright? God used them to, to put His Word in me because He knew a day like this was coming. And many, many other opportunities to share the goodness and the gospel of Jesus Christ. So, being in the Gideon ministry gave me opportunity to, to stand in a pulpit and share the bread of life. To literally go and take those little Gideon New Testaments and place it in people's hands. Place those Bibles in the hotels and the motels. And praying, God, this is your word and not return void. I believe that with all my heart. It will accomplish exactly what He has purposed it for. That then gave me opportunity to, to start preaching. Uh, one of the first was Brother John Rushing up at First Baptist in Tallulah. And he asked me to preach for him one Sunday. He was going to be out of town. I think it was uh, he was going to the uh, convention, Southern Baptist Convention. Uh, God slowly gave opportunities Graciously, kindly. Um, so now, um, I've been ordained for 23 years now. Uh, 20 years, I'm sorry. Because it was 2003, September. Uh, started preaching in 2002 regularly, every Sunday. Um, going on mission trips. Church, I want you to understand. 
I've looked down and I've seen these feet standing in places that I never would have imagined in my wildest imagination where God has allowed me to go. A redneck from Start, Louisiana standing on a mountain in Honduras or Nicaragua, some little remote mountain village. And we drive trucks as far as we can go and we either hiked or rode mules the rest of the way. Um... Haiti, I've gotten to go to Haiti once. I've gotten to preach in Africa, Malawi, Africa, uh, on Easter Sunday morning, 2019, uh, as we had uh, pastor conferences going on. I couldn't have, I couldn't have ever imagined it. But that's God. And now God has me standing right now this morning in Newelton, Louisiana. I couldn't have designed that, but God did. And He does that if we just do this. We have that wonderful old hymn, I Surrender All. I don't know what y'all singing for the invitation, but just sing that one. I surrender all. You know, He is Savior and Lord. And He is either Lord of all or He is not Lord at all. So, where are you in your relationship with God? Do you know His Son? Do you know His name? Or do you know Him? Are you saved? Are you lost? Are you assured? Or are you in doubt? Is there something that needs to be confessed I think I missed that point a minute ago. Salvation is once and for all. <laughs> Repentance. Ah, man, that's a daily with me. I don't know about you, but okay. I, 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 I didn't make the second part of that point. Sorry about that. But come on and uh, let's have an invitation this morning. I'll be standing here. And um, whatever God is dealing with you about, your testimony, your life in Christ, if you need to return to Him, we'll pray you right on through that. If you need to come to Him, say, Lord, I need to be saved. We'll take care of that business too. Let's stand. And let's pray. 596 if you need it. Holy Father, we thank You for this day and this fresh precious time that you've given us and God uh, I pray that uh, your spirit has stirred in our hearts each one of us and drawn us closer to you and God somebody may be drawn for the first time to confess their sins for salvation to receive Jesus Christ that they may be born again into your family God I pray you save because you are the God of salvation. Lord, there may be other decisions that um, people are dealing with this morning. And so God, you guide us with your loving hand to repent, to confess, God, to turn back to you. Whatever the decision needs to be, God, have your way right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.